Come on. Amen. So those of you joining in online, thank you so much for joining with us. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians 1, verse 6. And I want to preach a very simple message tonight. I won't keep you too long. Uh, message I've entitled Inside Out and Upside Down. Inside Out and Upside Down. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. You know, Christianity is not what we do for Christ, but rather who we become in Christ. I'll say that again. If you're making note, Christianity is not what we do for Christ, but rather who we become in Christ. And it's very important that you understand this. It's so important that you get a revelation of this because, you know, what we do is important. Don't get me wrong. What we do is important. We ought to be about the Father's business. We ought to do God's will. However, it's who we are becoming that helps us to do what God has called us to do. Can you say amen? It's who we are becoming. It's what God is doing in and through your life. It's what God is doing in you and what you're becoming in God. Because if your focus is all about what you have to do, the emphasis is on yourself. The emphasis is on how much work you're going to have to put in, how many hours of effort you're going to be putting in. It's in your own ability. It's your own IQ. And what you're really doing is you're compensating your lack of spiritual power with meaningless human effort. So you see, if your focus is on the transforming power of God, there is a rhythm of grace. There is a flow of God's favor. And you're able to now function and do what God has called you to do because of what He's done in and through your life. Does that make sense? And so this is what brings this amazing balance, all right? This is what brings the balance of a, a Christian. It's because, you know, because what you do for God flows from what God has done in you. Everything flows from your heart. Everything flows from what has started on the inside. And our text gives us a wonderful description. We all know this very well. Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Father God, I'm praying, Lord God, that you take every word. Take every word, and God, just like in Ecclesiastes, Lord God, the words of a scholar would be like well-driven nails. I pray every word, God, be driven into our hearts. Lord, let it be nailed down into our minds, God, this truth and these principles. God, that we would be unshakable, immovable in our faith. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Inside out and upside down. Let's talk about, first of all, dealing with insecurities. Dealing with insecurities. Because our text says being confident of this very thing. And so the opposite of confidence is obviously insecurity. And so confidence, the word confidence means the feeling or belief that one can have faith in or rely on someone or something. Where is your confidence tonight? Is it in God or is it in yourself? I mean, we're all very good actors, man. We, we can act, we can put on the front, we can, man, we can put up a facade, we can fake it, we can say all the right things and know all the Christian needs and all that sort of stuff. We can be like what Paul describes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. 
having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You see, you can have this religious look about you. You can come to church and, oh, hey, pastor, hey, brother, sister, man, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Oh, man, you sound good, man. You, you sound Christian. You can know the scriptures. You can speak the Christianese, all the lingo, but just like Samson, just like Samson, you can realize for a second, man, God's left my life. The presence of God is no longer with me. The spirit of the Lord had left Samson. And I wonder how many of you tonight will realize, man, I'm just going through the motions. That's what it means. You have a form of godliness and have no power. How many know we need the power of God? We need the power of God. This is what I'm talking about. Inside out kind of faith. Where it's about what God has done inside of us. It's about who we are becoming, not what we're doing. I mean, we can focus on the outward, external things. And I'm telling you, what will end up happening is you'll end up being burnt out. You'll end up being frustrated because everything is just human, meaningless effort. But I'm telling you, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. We need the supernatural power that allows us to function, that allows us to do God's will. Romans 1 verse 16, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And I'm telling you, the reason why you can't be confident, the reason why you can't, uh, that you're ashamed is because of insecurities. The only way to deal with the insecurities is to be secure in the unchanging power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be relying on God. Not on ourselves. We need to be relying on Jesus Christ. We need, can I get a witness? We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need the supernatural touch. We need the anointing. We need God's presence. We need Jesus in our marriages. We need Jesus when dealing with our kids. Oh, come on, somebody. We need Jesus when it comes to our finances. We need the Holy Spirit. And here it is, you know, Jesus tells his disciples, he's like, I want you to go out into all the world, preach the gospel. And he tells them to some insecure disciples. You know, these guys that are so fearful, these guys that, you know, run away when Jesus is on trial and he's yet giving these guys. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm asking my daughter, you know, a question this morning to school. Who betrayed Jesus? Uh, jo Joshua? Uh, <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's Judas. Judas, I'm thinking, you know what, here it is. Jesus picks these 12 disciples and he gives this responsibility of taking care of the money to Judas. I mean, you think about these, these unqualified men who are now left with this huge task of going to reach the world. And he decides to use uh, not qualified kind of guys. <laughs> he goes, hey, you, come follow me. I'll make you fish as a man. Oh, I'm not really, you know, I'm not, I'm not that... Yeah, you, I'm talking to you, come follow me. And so Jesus gives this instructions to insecure people. And so let's talk about dealing with our insecurities. How do we deal with them? How do we, you know what, how do we get over these insecurities? Well, it starts with number one, denying yourself. Deal with your pride and let it go. Jesus says, carry the cross and follow me. Matthew 16, verse 24. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Three things. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Verse 25. Jesus says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, 
But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I mean, we're talking about pride here. Jesus is saying, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I remember just pioneering in Kabulcha. And men would get saved. And I remember this one guy, man, he, he got saved. He's covered with tats. And I'm like, you know what, he's powerful, you know. And, and I'm telling him, hey, listen, you know what, you can, God is going to use your life. And uh, here it is, you know, he, uh, you know what, he did come through, but yet unwilling to surrender his identity unwilling to let go of his pride i'm telling you because people is, that we're living in today are still trying to hold on to their image people are still trying to hold on to who they think they are oh, i'm just an individual and jesus is saying are you willing to deny yourself are you willing to lay down your life are you willing to let go of your pride and follow me Come on, it's time for people to decide and say, you know, I'm going to crucify the flesh. I'm going to lay down my life. And when someone denies themselves and serve God rather than serve themselves, I'm telling you, there is an anointing on their lives. There is an element of God's grace that flows. There's a supernatural power that releases on someone's life when they decide to just simply surrender. They lay down their pride. They begin to let go of their identity and they begin to serve God. I'm telling you, their life begins to move forward. James chapter 4 verse 6, a wonderful scripture where it talks about pride. Listen to this. He says, but he, talking about God, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I mean, think about that for a second. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, pride is what hinders the Holy Spirit. Pride is what stops God's working in and through your life. And we're talking about living inside out here. And when the Bible talks about how God resists the proud, what that means is God actively, watch this, God actively opposes a proud person. We're talking about someone who's just filled with self filled with pride and God comes along and he's literally blocking them he's blocking them he's opposing the prideful but then the scripture says he gives grace to the humble you know it's like a picture of a policeman stopping traffic where traffic is completely backed up and he sees a, a traffic building here and he goes you know what come come and he gives grace to the humble. Is a picture right there of God beginning to give grace to those who deny themselves, put down their pride. And, you know, we can't get into heaven without good works. When they begin to put down that, they, they would get a revelation. Man, I need the grace of God. God goes, yep, come, come, come. He gives grace to the humble. And that's where he begins the good work. That's where the beginning of grace starts. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace you've been saved, hallelujah, through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I mean, we as Christians need to get a revelation of this. It's not about what we can do. It's not about performing to try and twist God's arm to gain His favor. It's not about how many prayers or what time we wake up in the morning, maybe God is pleased with me. Listen, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. 
It's a gift of God. And I want to say tonight, let's believe God for real conversions. Let's contend for people to really get saved, really understand, or you know what, to follow Christ. We need to lay down our lives, crucify the flesh to get saved by God's grace. Because how many know, you know what, when someone decides to come to church, they come to church because of what God's done inside their lives. They're not coming to church because of a boyfriend. They're not coming to church because of a girlfriend that comes to church. They're not coming to church because mom goes to church and say, hey, you got to come to church. No, they're coming to church because of what God has done in and through their lives. It's people who got a revelation of their own sin. It's people who got a revelation of who Jesus is. It's people who got a revelation that Jesus died on the cross, arms wide open to say, hey, listen, I can offer grace to you, the most filthiest sinner in the world. And God goes, yes, come. But are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to let go of your pride? I'm telling you, we can be confident in this very, in this very thing because of the grace of God that's empowering our lives through the Holy Spirit. That he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's not about what we do. It's about what he has done. And it's because of what he has done, we can become all that God has called us to be. Let's talk about secondly, living inside out. Because when someone has been changed by Jesus from the inside out, there is a testimony now. There is a Work that's been done by God and now speaks volumes to those around you. And you think about the world's philosophy is about you. It's what you have to do. It's what you have to do. And it's, it's an outside-in sort of work. However, the, you know, the kingdom of God operates differently. There is a security to someone's life. There is a dominion on an individual's life because of what God's done on the inside. And there is a security now. Or there is a self-control which is made possible through salvation and through the Holy Spirit. And now it begins this wonderful transformation of this caterpillar into a butterfly. God does this amazing change and now there is an amazing testimony, a story to be told. Galatians 5.23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, think about self-control for a second because God is able to deliver people from drugs. God is able to deliver people from, uh, you know, alcohol and pornography, gambling, whatever the addiction is, God is able to deliver someone. And when a person becomes born again, a change that happens on the inside, people begin to be filled with God's Spirit. Holy Spirit begins to move and now there is this self-control. A self-control over your emotions a self-control now in your life that once you know what used to tick you off you're able to get a handle on these things now because of the holy spirit and many times our testimony you know we get saved is a powerful and all of a sudden it's like we think it's just the oh yeah i just got saved no no god is doing a work in you he wants to for you to understand that there's more to more to, to just getting saved Woo. That you can get saved and then God is able to now put in you the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to have self-control. And insecure people are carnal people, man, too emotional. They don't have self-control. 
It's like, man, how do you do this? How do you, how do you know this, Pastor? Well, the Bible teaches us. It's clear as day when it comes to self-control, when it comes to stability. Proverbs 25, verse 28 says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. What an imagery that's giving us right here. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. I mean, this verse speaks of people who have been broken. This verse speaks of people who have been completely shattered. I mean, you thought he'd loved you, but he didn't. He cheated on you. You thought you could trust, but they ran out on you. I mean, this is right there. It's speaking of your life. It's like a city that has been broken down now, and there's no walls, and insecure people, exactly what this scripture describes, that they're broken down Every single person is now going through your life, walking over your life, insecure. Because they don't have this kind of heart, this spirit where God moves. They don't have this God, it's insecure. And so security begins with salvation. Security begins with God coming into our lives, saving our souls. Like I said, it not only just starts with salvation... But now we have to guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. You know what? You can get saved but have no self-control. And all of a sudden, you're like this city broken down with no walls. So you got to, with everything within you, you got to pray, God, I'm going to guard my heart. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4 verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. You got to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Out of it is now determining how uh, your life is going to begin to live out. Jesus spoke about this. Luke chapter 6 verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what's on the inside is going to come out what's on the inside is eventually going to come out and everyone else is going to be like oh yep i see who you really are guard your heart guard your god what god is doing in you this new work that god has begun in you listen you got to guard it it's not just going to be automatic oh yeah jesus saved me and all of a sudden you're just like oh listen you got to get filled with the holy spirit you got to allow god to move in your life you got to guard what god has begun because what's happened is a testimony now what's going on the inside is going to come out and I'm telling you this is how a testimony speaks that your words match what God has done on the inside of your life it's leaving this undenying testimony now that speaks so much that cannot even be disputed the early church began with the power of the Holy Spirit the early church began with this amazing work and Jesus says you know what go into all the world preach the gospel but Jesus knew they can't do it without the Holy Spirit. They can't do it without the power. And I'm preaching this tonight because we need to be secure. We need to be confident in the Holy Spirit that gives us the power, that allows us to move in the giftings, that allows us to be anointed and do the will of God. 
Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power. Man, I'm telling you, a church that goes forward is a church filled with people who recognize the power. You shall receive power, what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, so that you shall be my witnesses. You see, there is a power that comes on the inside that when it comes out, it is now speaking. It is now a witness to the world. That you once used to be like this, but now you've changed. You used to do this, but now you don't. There is a testimony. How did that happen? It's the grace of God, but now there's the power of God that's given you the ability to move and do things that you couldn't do before. The power that is needed is not human power. The power that is needed is not political power. The power that is needed is Holy Ghost power. Do I have a witness here in the building? And I'm telling you tonight, my sister, my brother, you can overcome condemnation. You can overcome these addictions. You can do all these things because Jesus and Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, we need the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the strength, that gives us this ability to move. Listen to Acts chapter 2, verse 2. I mean, this is powerful. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Sister, brother, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. There is a testimony when your words change, your life is changed, and it's only possible through the Holy Spirit. See, God wants to change you from the inside out. You didn't just get saved to go to heaven. You got saved so that God can use you to reach your brothers and sisters, your families, your relatives. God wants to use your testimony. But I want to ask you the question, what kind of testimony are you leaving behind? What kind of testimony are you living we live in a social media age. Sis, what kind of testimony are you leaving on Instagram? Brother, what sort of language are you using on Instagram and Facebook? Sis, what are you posting up on Instagram? Because listen, your life is a testimony. You've got to be an example. You've got to be an example to all believers, to all brethren. I'm telling you this because we live in a day and age where it's so easy to lose our testimony. Just in an instant, we can lose it all. But where are the people? Where are the men and women? Where are the church? Where is the Christians who say, you know what? Hey, I'm not like the world. I'm going to live according to a different standard. I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with the anointing of God's presence. I'm not going to get involved in these things. I don't want to hinder the Holy Spirit. I don't want to hinder what God has done on the inside of me. I want the Holy Spirit to flow and work and through my life to touch lives around me. Hallelujah, because God wants to do it. He wants you to be a testimony. He wants you to touch the people around you. Now, William Thorne said, be careful how you live. You will be the only Bible some people will ever read. What sort of message are you carrying in your life? You might not be speaking it, but you're preaching it. You might highlight the scriptures, but do the scriptures highlight you? You mean you can know all Bible scriptures, but your words, your actions do not even match the word of God. I close this with this amazing poem, this story. I love, the, I love this. Every time I hear it, I get convicted. 
I want to get this probably posted on my office wall one day. Listen to this poem. It says this. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I soon can learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. For I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I am eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stays behind, just to see if he can help him, then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all the travelers can witness that the best of guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness, notice, is worth 40 that are told. Who stands with men of honor, learns to hold his honor dear. For right living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. I love this part. Though an able speaker charms me with eloquence, I say, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. See, what sort of sermon are you preaching with your life? See, Christianity is not as much about what we're doing. It's about who we're becoming. I don't know about you, but I want to become more like Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with His presence, His Spirit. So let's live inside out for Christ. And let's turn this world upside down. Come on. Acts 17 verse 6. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I'm telling you, man, let's turn this world upside down for Jesus. Live inside out, man. Don't, don't be unashamed, man. Go out there and just boldly and, you know what, not arrogantly because it doesn't say be arrogant about this. It says be confident in this. There's a difference. There's a humility about this. It's dependence on Christ, not on self. It's a dependence on God's power, not on self. I'm telling you, live inside out and turn this world upside down for Jesus. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Very simple message that God's been stirring on my heart of recent. And just after uh, being at conference, it's like, you know what, God, we want to do all these things. We want to do it. And God's like, man, I'm, I'm more concerned about what, what they're becoming. And if we could become what God has called us to be, God can give us the strength to do it. There are people here tonight, God's called you to preach the gospel. There are ladies here tonight, God's called you to be a pastor's wife. But I'm telling you, if you would just focus on who you're becoming, that what God has started in you, what God has started in your life, a new beginning, listen, you need to guard that thing with everything that's within you. Because God wants to use your testimony if you just live inside out and say, you know what, God, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be just an outward Christian. I want to live inside out where my faith is, is real, it's genuine, it's authentic. And I'm telling you, that's what speaks volumes to people. That's what preaches the best messages. Those are the best sermons. Are people who live 
the word of God. While every head bowed and every eye is closed, I want to give an invitation. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not saved. You're not right with God. You're here tonight. God loves you. I want to say to every person here, God knows your heart. But you're here tonight and you're not saved. I want to give you an invitation. Tonight's the night. Would you accept Jesus Christ in your life? Would you accept the grace of God to begin the wonderful works of, of salvation? Would you put down your pride and say, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. If that's you tonight, I want you to do one simple thing. Raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, no one looking around, just between you and God, lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I'll count it a privilege to pray with you. Lift it up tonight. Backslider, come home. It's your chance. Your opportunity is right now. Put down your pride. Put down your ego and say, yep, that's me. I want to get saved. I want to receive the grace of God. I want a new start to begin tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? You're backslidden in your heart. Amen. I see that hand. I see. God loves you. Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to surrender your heart to Christ? Lift it up tonight. God loves you. He wants to save you. Lift it up. No one looking around. This is between you and God. He wants to touch you. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to begin the wonderful work of grace. Lift it up tonight. Backslider, come home. Maybe you're playing church. Listen, it's not about coming to church and playing church. You need to get saved. You haven't, you haven't really properly given your life to Christ. False conversion, come on. Give your life to Jesus and say, yep, tonight's the night. I'm going all out for Christ. Lift it up, lift it up. No one looking around, just between you and God. Lift it up. God loves you, God loves you. No one looking around, just between you and God. You be honest, say, yep, that's me. I want to go all in for Christ. I want to be authentic. I want to have real, genuine faith. I don't want to be fake. Lift it up tonight. God loves you. He wants to save you. It's time to turn a new chapter. It's time to turn the page. And it starts with you giving your life to Christ. Lift it up and say, that's me. I want a new beginning. I want eternal life. I want to be forgiven. I surrender. I surrender. Lift it up tonight. If that's you, God speaking to you, lift up your hand and say, yes, that's me. Kind of a privilege to pray with you. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. Honest hands tonight. Honest. Hallelujah. Amen. Those of you who raise your hand, want you come out of your seat. Those of you who lifted your hands, come. Come stand at the altar. Come meet me at the altar. We're going to pray a prayer together. God's going to come into our lives and do a new work within us. Come. Come stand at this altar. Hallelujah. Come. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you want to come join His honest hearts. Why don't you come out of your seat and join His honest hearts. Father, we just worship you right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray tonight. I want you to repeat the prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ washes me clean. Tonight, I repent from my sins and I turn to you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrong take away the shame the guilt the condemnation the blood of Jesus Christ sets me free come into my heart be the Lord and the Savior of my life in Jesus name Amen and Amen Hallelujah just lift your hands I'm just going to pray for you right now lift your hands towards heaven Father in the name of Jesus what you've started here tonight, God, that you would complete. Begin this wonderful work of grace. 
God, I thank you for honest hearts. I thank you, Lord God, for the honesty. Lord God, at this altar, I pray genuine, Lord God, conversion take place from the inside out. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for the honesty. I pray, God, a genuine conversion, Lord God, that would take place as they begin.